Welcome back to the show, Cool Cats and Cool Kittens. This is DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Once again, that was Troy Lane's Will Blow. Now to get on to the subject of the night, man. And I've been wanting to talk about this ever since it happened. Now, mind you, it was last, literally last week that it happened. It happened on Sunday. And it's still far away. But nonetheless, it's still a talking point within hip-hop, social media, the internet, etc., etc. So I figure it's only fair to give my two cents on the take. So, I want to talk about this whole Joe Buttons versus Migos situation, all right? Now, for those of you guys who have absolutely no idea what's happening, I'm the guy for you to kind of break that down. So, at the BET Awards last Sunday, uh, the Complex team was covering the event, and in particular, their hit series on the internet entitled Everyday Struggle was covering the events, and they were conducting interviews with a lot of the celebrities who were passing through. So, sorry, Adam... I had a mind lapse just now, pardon me. Uh, so you have Nadeska, you have DJ Academics, and you have Joe Buttons. Nadeska is the host of the show. Uh, Joe Buttons, I would say, is kind of like the analyst, so to speak. Um, so basically the person who's had experience in the rap game as a performer, as an artist. And then you have DJ Academics, who's kind of like your your insider basically like he has the inside scoop on what's happening and stuff like that so he's kind of like the field reporter kind of breaking the breaking the stories as like breaking the news as it goes along basically so that's the dynamic that they have on that show so they're conducting an interview with the migos and the migos you know by reputation have a reputation of not conducting good interviews they come across as inarticulate they come across as uninterested and they don't really show a whole lot of personality when they do it. So anyways, from the clip that was shown on the internet, it looked as if DJ Academics was the one kind of carrying this conversation as much as he could. And Joe Budden looked very perturbed, to say the least. So it came at a point in time where he literally said, wrap it up, wrap it up. So as Academics is trying to wrap it up, Joe Bunnis drops his mic and walks off the set. And then one of the members of the Migos, the person who was sitting in the middle, that was probably Quavo, I'm assuming, he kind of looked at him and was disturbed by that. So once the interview was done, all members of the Migos in their blouses and 50 chains and what have you looked as though they were trying to step to Joe Budden. And then somewhat of a... I was, I'm not even going to say a scuffle. It was like a scrum, basically. A scrum of people just kind of crowded in, compacted in, and tried to hold the two parties back. And that was about it. So everyone's talking about how Joe looked like a hater. And then people are also saying how Joe looked like he was speaking the truth. So this event was very polarizing, to say the least, because you had... Everything split down the middle. People are saying how he disrespected Migos. And you had people saying how Joe finally made a stand of some sort and said, hey, you guys are whack kind of thing. Now, here's how I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down from Joe's point of view and then Migos' point of view. Now, obviously, I haven't talked to the two parties, but basically being that third party observing like the rest of you guys, I'm going to see if I can interpret what each member was trying to say in, in that scenario. Now, going to Joe, he actually responded to that event uh, the following day when they did another edition of Everyday Struggle. And what Joe said was he had somebody in his ear. And normally when you're on a te television set, you have the producer in your ear. Even if you're on a radio set, and uh, let's say I had uh, 
a director or a producer on the other side of the screen, he would be in my ear saying, let's wrap it up or giving me cues, basically. So that's what happened with Joe. He had his little he had his little IFB piece in his ear, and then he heard his producer or whomever saying to wrap it up, and he was giving the instruction to wrap it up uh, to the rest of his bandmates, so to speak. Now, for me, I if I were the director, I would have been giving that order to Nadeska because at the end of the day, Nadeska is the host of the show, so she's the one who basically moderates the entire set. So I'm not sure if the order was given to her and she just wasn't following that cue. But I feel like that cue should have been given to her rather than Joe Budden. But anyways, that's another take for another day. Now, Joe decided to take the initiative and wrapped it up based on the command that he heard from his producer. And then he wrapped it up. But did he do it in a way that was conducive to a positive result? Obviously not. And I'm going to touch on that later on. Now, going to the Migo side of things, from what I understand, as I've said before, they are not very good at doing interviews. So if that is the case, why do they keep on doing interviews? I feel like whoever their manager is should just not have them do interviews. Pull a weekend, basically, or do a Drake and have interviews with selective people. But if they're not comfortable with doing interviews, even though they've been in the rap game for like five years now, then just don't have them do interviews at all. It's not going to do them any good. Um, now, going back to that to that moment, I can understand why they felt disrespected because you had somebody just kind of quit on the interview midway through and then just leave very dismissively and leave very disrupt- disruptively as well. So I can understand why they wanted to step up and – kind of confront him about it, but being violent is not the way to do it, especially when you're in that type of environment where you're at an award show that's celebrating the excellence of all the artists and everyone in between who is being celebrated. And on top of that, you guys are looking like Prince's Revolution. Like, no one's going to believe you in a fist fight unless if you pull out, like, a switchblade or something like that. So, just cool. <laughs> now, going back to Budden's side of things, um, here's where he messed up. He messed up when he just walked off on set. Walked off set. Um, no pun intended, by the way. He literally walked off set. I'm not referring to the offset member of the Migos. He literally walked off set. And you're not supposed to do that when you end an interview. Like, that's interview etiquette 101. Now, I know he's a rapper first, but you are now in a different space. You are no longer the artist who's, be, who's walking on the red carpets. You are the interviewer who's interviewing these artists who are on the red carpets. And you have to take what comes with it. Now, as far as him being a fan of the Migos, I don't know if that's the case. I know he's not a fan of Momo rappers. Um, but even if you're not a fan of them, at the end of the day, you still have a job to do. It could be the worst rapper imaginable, but you still have to ask the questions. Now, I get. I also get why he's mad because Migos, they are terrible when it comes to doing interviews. And this is the third time I've said that, but I feel like that compounded with the fact that he may or may not like their music combined into one force, and it basically just led him to that action. It wasn't the right action, but an action was nonetheless. Um, now, here's the thing with Joe. This isn't the first time that we've seen this kind of behavior from Joe uh, towards a new artist in this generation that is all about the bumble rap. Now the mumble rap is not my thing, but at the same time, I don't have a severe issue with it because when it comes to the mumble rappers, to me, they're just a spoke in the wheel. They're just a trend. 
They're going to be here for a couple of years, and after they're gone, it's going to be another trend that's going to be expendable. That's why I focus on artists like J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Logic, and other artists, to name a few, because of the fact that they have potentially timeless music. Their music is going to last for a decade at the very least because of the content that they put out and the message that they put out through their music as well. It's not going to be turn up, turn up, snap, turn up, turn up, snap. I'm drinking lean in this flow, the flow that everybody does. Like, it's not going to be like that. So whenever I hear artists who are like that, I don't really pay them any mind. If I hear a record, cool. If I don't, it is what it is. Because at the end of the day, we have the internet. The internet gives us access to so many different lanes and avenues and platforms and what have you. So if you don't like this guy, then you can search in for the artists that you do like and listen to that artist nonstop. So that's why I'm not really concerned with these guys. It's only when they do something stupid, which I will address later on in the show. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, but yeah, going back to Joe's distaste for these artists, I can understand why he doesn't like them. He's from a, he's cut from a different different cloth. He's from an era where you had to be lyrical in order to get on, and I get that. Like, and he and say what you want about his personality, he has one of the strongest pens in the game that the game has ever seen, as a matter of fact. So take with it what you will. Um, I remember when he kind of did a similar thing to. Little Yachty, back when he was a guest on Everyday Struggle, and they're they're interviewing him about his new album. And one of the things that Joe kind of poked at him about was the album cover and how it wasn't his idea to have that album cover. And basically, Little Yachty's album cover was him sitting in the middle of a movie theater with a bunch of people who are just out of the social norm. So you have the overweight woman, yeah, the two, uh, yeah, the two. Uh, gay people kissing each other. You had a, another person with like funky colored hair and what have you. So basically just kind of sitting around all the fellow misfits basically. And he said, and he tried to claim that Yadi didn't come up with that concept and basically questioned his intelligence. Uh, and then he also questioned um, when Lil Yadi mentioned that he's always happy. Like he's never sad. He's always happy. Like he's living his life. And Joe Budden questioned that and questioned that and questioned that. And my thing is this. Like, if he claims that he's always happy, then take his word for it. I mean, I don't believe people are always happy all the time. But if he's generally a happy person, then cool. Just let him be happy. Don't question that. Like, just because you're the most bitter person in the world, it seems like, doesn't mean that other people have to share or wither in your agony. So I can actually understand where Yadi is coming from in that perspective. But when he was questioning Yadi about his 360 deal and how he doesn't know whether or not he's in a 360 deal, I'll give that to Joe because you may be an artist, but at the end of the day, you also have to understand the business side of things. You have to know what you're getting yourself into because signing a record label, especially at a young age, like Yadi's only 19, you have to be aware of these things. And you have to ask your manager, your publicist, whomever your team is, whoever's organizing all that stuff, you have to get that information from them as well. You have to trust that person and knowing that they're going to tell you the correct information about your business affairs. Because if not, then you could end up losing money in the long haul. So I can understand where Joe's coming from, from that perspective. Um, now let me get to the Migos again, once again, uh, with the Migos, I don't hate the Migos. I don't dislike the Migos, but I can't say that I like the Migos either because I'm not big on their music. I've heard, I've heard a few singles here from the Grapevine. Um, I only was aware of the record Bad and Bougie because Childish Gambino, somebody that I am a fan of, mentioned it in his 
uh, acceptance award speech and basically said how Bad and Bougie is such a dope record. And then that's when the record basically blew up. Uh, so that was my taste of their music. Uh, so I don't really understand the hype behind them. I know that they're part of the turn up crowd. Uh, some people will say that they're part of the uh, the uh, the trap noise crowd and everything, and how they have their own sound and they brought that flow, which they didn't bring the flow. It's not called the Migos flow, by the way. It's called a staccato flow, and staccato is a is basically a piece of it's basically a fundamental piece of music that's used in all genres of music. It can be used through vocals, it can be used through instrumentals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They did not insert that into hip-hop bone thugs and harmony inserted that into hip-hop let me just put that out there right now um so yeah you can call it amigos flow as you want but just know where it comes from now anyways that's besides the point that's semantics right there point i'm trying to make is this um i'm trying to understand the hype behind them because i've had i even asked people on social media the other day what is it about them that makes them so on demand basically I don't understand it. I would like to understand it. Um, and I would also like to understand why Quavo is the top member of the group. Like, why is he so, you know, on high demand as well? Like, why am I hearing rumors of him getting a solo deal and all this other stuff? Because to me, based on the singles that I've heard, they all sound the same. I can't tell any of them apart in terms of their vocals or what have you. I thought Meagles was one person when... When, they, when I first heard them like five years ago. So, again, if you guys can let me know what makes them so hot, please let me know. Um, and then, just to wrap things up, as far as the whole situation is concerned, I think Budden needs to do a better job of being professional in these settings. Like, you, again, like I said earlier in my rants, uh, you, you can dislike an artist, but at the end of the day, you still have a job to do. Budden, this is what you signed up for. You've said many times that you've retired as a rapper. You're doing your podcast. You've been doing viral videos ever since 2009, as far as I can remember. You've had a YouTube channel since then and maybe even before then. But that's when I started watching your videos on YouTube. So you know how it is when it comes to the social media game. And for someone whose first and, let's be honest, only commercial hit came in 2003, which is 14 years ago, at a point in time where most of these mumble rappers weren't even born, and to say that you're still relevant in the hip-hop industry, that says a lot about your social media acumen because social media, in, a, in essence, is how you've been able to survive the test of time, basically. So you can't really get mad at these rappers for using social media as a tool for their success because if you are, then it kind of makes you a hypocrite in that regard. So I'm not team Button on this. I'm not team Migos on this. I'm team fairness. I can understand why Button got mad, but at the same time, show an ounce of professionalism. Like, if... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna basically have an artist in here that I don't like and say your music sucks. I have a job to do. My job is to interview them about the music, find out where they're coming from. They have a record they want to play, I play it. If I like it, cool. If I don't, I don't. But generally speaking, for all the artists I've had in here, their music has been has been solid to my ears. So there's that on that. <laughs> but nonetheless, what do you guys think about this entire situation? Do you guys agree with Joe? Do you guys agree with Migos? Where do you guys stand on this? Are you Team Joe, Team Migos? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. 
Coming up after the break, man, we got more music to get to. Also, we got to discuss Jay's new album that came out. We got to discuss Kylie and Kendall Jenner selling T-shirts that have Tupac and Biggie on it with their faces overlapping. Yeah, that's right. I said it. And also, there's a new signing to OVO Records. All that and more. But before we get to that, we got to get to uh, my man, Leandro. And this record's called Like That. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Indeed you are, ladies and gentlemen, cool cats and cool kittens. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Once again, that was my man, Leandro, with Like That. Now it's time to get into Trip Talks. That's three topics in three minutes. So on that note, here we go. First topic we got to get to, the infamous person known as Baca, the one we've heard on two Drake albums, Baca, a.k.a. Not Nice From Time G, that Baca. Bimbaka. He is now an official member of OVO Records. Yes, earlier this week, he signed a deal with Drake's record label, stating that he will now become a recording artist on that label. And it's it's kind of funny because I remember I was having this conversation with my friends the other day, and I was basically saying that Drake has never really signed a rapper on his label before, um, other than maybe Roy Woods. I haven't really heard too much of his music, so I don't know if he's like a rapper and singer. <clears throat> but nonetheless, I made that comment, and lo and behold, we now have why I can only assume is a rapper. I've never heard Bimbaka spit a rhyme before. I've only heard him talk, as we, as most of us have. So who knows? Um, I don't know what his content is going to be like. It could be based on his shady past because he does have a history of of uh, breaking the law, so to speak. He was in jail for a couple of years for human trafficking. Uh, so, I don't know if he's going to rap about that experience, if he's going to rap about, you know, the drug life, the street life. I don't know what it's going to be about. We really don't know what it's going to be about. But based on his past, he may implement that into his music. So, we can only wait and see. We don't know what this guy sounds like yet, but I, I at least want to keep an open mind about it. I don't, I wanna, I don't want to pigeonhole him just yet. I actually want to give him a chance to see what he's about because I really don't know what he's about. None of us really do at this point unless if you're close to the OVO camp. So on that note, if you know, then let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and give me the inside word on that. Next topic, we got to get to Jay-Z, the Jigga Man himself. He has released a brand new album entitled 444. Now, the promo for this started, uh, I would say, less than a month ago, basically. And it was very cryptic. All we saw was 444. So everyone's trying to figure out what that means. Like, when's it coming out? Is this a new album? Is this a new single? Turns out, it was, in fact, a new album. And it's a new album that includes 10 songs on there. And one of the songs that's on there is actually a response record to uh, Lemonade, actually. So a lot of people were speculating that not only did Jay-Z chill on Beyonce uh, by way of the Lemonade record, but people were also starting to speculate that Jay-Z is going to come out with an album that's going to be the comeback to Lemonade. So like, it's going to be his response, his side of the story. So it may not have been an entire album, but we at least got one song from that album that addresses the quote-unquote Becky with the good hair situation, and he lets his feelings be known on that record. Now, I haven't heard that record or the album, in fact, mainly because of the fact that the album is only available through title and through Sprint. Now, I'm sure it's going to be available across all platforms and maybe in the next week or the next month, whatever the case may be. Same same was the case for uh, Kanye's, uh, what's it called? 
what was the name of his latest album? Uh, Pablo. Same case for Pablo. Same case for Beyonce's album as well. Even, uh, but then again, her album is still on title right now. But either way, there could be a chance where Jay Z will release it throughout all streaming platforms, and I hope he does because I'm only on Apple Music right now, and I can only divert my money in so many directions. So Jay. Hold the music industry down. Send it to all platforms. I know you got to make your money on there. I get it, but come on, bro. Come on. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to hear the Jay-Z album. And I told people that uh, that the Kendrick Lamar album would be one of the only albums I'm going to listen to throughout the entire year unless if Jay-Z or Nas come out, one or the other or both. And lo and behold, Jay has come out. So I'm very curious to hear what Jay has to say on this album. Um, I've liked Jay-Z's content uh, heavily since, you know, post-Blueprint era of Jay-Z. Pre-Blueprint, there's a few albums here and there that I liked. I mean, Reasonable Doubt, that's the obvious classic. Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, where it kind of blew up into the mainstream. Um, those are, like, the two main albums that I would say pre-Blueprint that I really enjoyed. And then post-Blueprint is where I've actually enjoyed Jay the most, especially him having a more m- mature sense of understanding as you know as an adult basically american gangster is arguably my favorite jay-z album since blueprint and to me that album gets little to no praise not enough praise in my books to me that's top five in his catalog if you want me to rank his top five it's it's easily as followed to me it's i'm gonna say blueprint number one reasonable doubt number two uh, I'm going to say the Black Album number three, uh, American Gangster number four, and Volume two number five. That's my personal top five Jay-Z albums. And who knows, maybe this album might enter the top five as well immediately or somewhere down the road. But if you guys have listened to that album, then let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. And final topic to wrap things up, man. And this was oh so close to getting the wankster of the week. I got to talk about the situation that involves Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Yes, two infamous members of the Kardashian slash Jenner clan. Now, they came under fire because of the fact that they are now selling T-shirts worth $125 that have images of Tupac and Biggie on them, but also have their faces overlapping them. Now, when this was made public, Everybody and their mama lost their shit. And I literally mean that because the mother of Notorious B.I.G., Valletta Wallace herself, came on social media and addressed uh, her disdain for these T-shirts. Now, when somebody over the age of 50 has to go on social media to address something, that's when you know it's serious. So this is what Miss Wallace said. I am not sure who told Kylie and Kendall Jenner that they had the right to this. The disrespect of these girls to not even reach out to me or anyone connected to the estate baffles me. I have no idea why they feel they can exploit the deaths of Tupac and my son Christopher to sell a t-shirt. Now, I don't blame her for that because at the end of the day, like when you're putting someone else's likeness onto a shirt, you need the proper authorization and the proper blessing to do so, especially if you're going to make profit out of it. Like, is a portion of that profit going to be going to the going to the estate of the of the slain individuals? Is it going to a uh, a charity that that is within their names? It's only going back into their own pockets, which is the wrong thing to do. And that is a perfect example of exploitation. 
not only is that the perfect example of exploitation, that is also the perfect example of cultural appropriation. And Kylie and Kendra, sorry, Kylie and Kendall Jenner know that Tupac and Biggie are easily, easily the two most influential hip hop figures of all time. And this is almost kind of tone deaf if you think about it, because A, Tupac's birthday was two weeks ago, and B, the release of his sought-after film, All Eyes on Me, also was recently released. So wouldn't they have that in mind that a lot of people were going to feel some sort of way that these things were coming out right around the time of his date of birth and also the release of his biopic? I mean, come on, you have to have better sense than that. And this leads me to believe that they're just trolling everyone because it wasn't that long ago that it was either Kylie or Kendall that was in some Pepsi ad talking about diversity and and equality amongst all religions and groups. And basically, she walked in with a Pepsi can, and it was a whole bunch of soldiers and SWAT team military staff against a, a brigade of people of color who were protesting something. And then all she did to quell the angst of everybody was step in the middle and offer a Pepsi to a soldier who had a gun in his hand. And that all of a sudden ended the World War III. And she apologized for that, even though it was Pepsi who was at the head of it. But at the same time, now you're in a situation where you're doing this. And it leads me to believe that you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're getting yourself into. The first time you do something, it's a mistake. The second time you do something, it's a choice. And she chose to do this knowing the ramifications. Her and her idiot sister as well. So to me, this is clearly a case of cultural appropriation because you know about the fact that A, they're the two most influential rappers of all time. B, they're a huge fixture in hip-hop culture. C, hip-hop culture is always what starts off the pop culture trends. And D, you always got to surround yourselves with a lot of black people to make yourselves feel like you're in or you're hip. And half of these black people, especially the rappers, like the trap rappers like Tyga and all these other people, empower you to feel a certain way. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um... I hate the Kylie or sorry, the, the Kardashian slash Jenner clan. They're a cancer to society, in my opinion. And I don't know why we always put so much attention on them. I know I'm doing it right now because I'm discussing a story. But nonetheless, this is something that really needs to end, in my opinion. Like, I feel like we should just take all of our attention off of them. Because at the end of the day, what do these two girls do? Or what does that entire family do, for that matter, that deserves so much attention? They don't work. All they do is socialize with the one percenters basically and all of a sudden that makes them commodities i don't know i just don't understand it but what do you guys think about this matter as always hit me up on twitter at dm underscore cool or cool underscore radio and share your thoughts now it is time for the flashback friday track of the day ladies and gentlemen um let's hit that drop real quick And as always, let me know what you guys want to hear each and every week because I'm always dying to hear your feedback about this. Now, on that note, I'm going to play Prodigy. I'm going to play some Prodigy. This is Quiet Storm from Mob Deep. As you already know, he died last week. Uh, the cause of his death still hasn't been announced yet, but the entire hip-hop industry has been mourning the loss of him, and it comes with no surprise because he was a huge contributor to the hip-hop culture. So on that note, we're going to play Quiet Storm, and after that, we have the Wanks of the Week. Keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. Yep. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip-Hop. Indeed you are. Welcome back to all the cool cats and cool kittens. Once again, it is your man, GM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And you guys already know what time it is. I'm not going to waste any more time. 
So let's get to it. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than Kodak Black. Now, I think this is actually the second time this year where he's been the Wankster of the Week. Either that or he was already in the news about something. But either way, he's not escaping the Wankster this week because he recently put out a statement over social media that he does not like black girls. Now, this is going to get a little bit confusing, but he basically kind of goes around in a circle saying what he likes and what he doesn't like. So pretty much the subject of the sorry, the subject at hand comes around preference. So originally the statement that he made was a statement revolving around whether or not he would engage in relations with actress Kiki Palmer. So this is what was said. Someone asked him during a live stream if he would if he would bag Kiki Palmer. And this is what he said. This is what he said, and I quote. By the way, Kiki Palmer is a dark-skinned woman. Uh, this is what he said. Kiki Palmer, she's straight. I'd bag her, but I don't really like black girls like that, sort of, kind of. So that's where the discrepancy comes in, comes in place. Because we don't know if he's talking about dark-skinned women or black girls in general. <clears throat> so basically, a lot of people were giving him heat for it. And this is what he said to follow up with that. The man said, and I quote, I love black African-American women. It's just not my forte to deal with a dark-skinned woman. I prefer them to have a lighter complexion than me. My preference. So he cleaned it up a little bit, all right? So to say that you prefer dark or light-skinned women over dark-skinned women, I know there's a stigma that surrounds that. But at the end of the day, preference is preference, and we all have our preferences. So whether it's a preference for skin tone, body shape, Heights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When it comes to the physicality of things, we all have a preference. Now, this is where things get a bit ignorant. All right. So pretty much after he said that, then he kind of tried to do a bit more damage control on on the matter. And this is where he should have stopped. He should have stopped because he was actually okay. But I guess the hate kept him pouring in, and pouring in, and pouring in. But this is where it got ugly. So this is what he said, and I quote, One thing about me, dog, you ain't just going to be dissing me. You ain't going to be dissing me under my comments or none of that shit. Because, bitch, I'm going to clap back. Hoes, niggas, whatever, I'm going to knock your whole melon off. Don't ever comment on my shit with that fuck shit. You talking about black women. Bitch, fuck yeah, I only like red bones. I love black African Americans, but I don't like black bitches. I like yellow hoes. Oh, boy. And that's where the wheels fell off. So I'm not giving him the wankster because of the fact that he said that he enjoys light-skinned women over dark-skinned women. I'm giving him the wankster of the week because of his poor ability to inarticulate what he was trying to say. Because on one minute he's saying he likes, he prefers light-skinned black women, but then he goes off and says, I don't like black bitches, I like yellow bones. So you're basically casting an entire group of women on one end saying, I don't like you. But then on the flip side, you're saying, I like yellow bones, therefore only objectifying them as such. So it's his poor choice of wording and how he really feels about black women as a whole, whether they are dark or light-skinned, which is why I'm giving him the wanks of the week. Because of the fact that you just come across as ignorant, bro. First and foremost, 
you of all people shouldn't be having any type of preference because of the fact that you are ugly as hell. You look like King Kong on crack, bro. You look like the real-life adaptation of Bowser from Super Mario. And I'm talking about the Bowser that was in that 1993 movie, the movie that you probably never saw because you're probably still sucking on your mom's titty when it came out. I am talking about ugly, like, if Flavor Flav and Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks ever had a kid together. This dude is butt ugly. He His head top looks like one of those mind, one of those mind bombs that you throw when you're playing Mario Kart. This dude is ugly as hell. And this guy's out here talking about, I don't like red bones. I don't like little bones. I don't like red midges. You'll be lucky if you even find a woman, bro, who likes you for you and not your money and your status and your social value and everything in between. You look like if you were caught on the side of a milk carton and somebody was saying, person missing, somebody would probably write back on that thing and say, Let's keep him missing because that's how ugly you are on the inside and outside. And for that reason and for the reasons I've already illustrated, I'm giving you the wankster of the week because a person of your physical impairedness should not be having any type of standards whatsoever. You should be happy for what's given to you, especially after this escapade. So do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop it on you for the culture one more time just like this. Definitely a wankster. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in as you always do on a weekly basis. I greatly appreciate it. Next week, as I said at the top of the show, we have a special guest coming through. He's been on the show before, but not on this side of things in terms of Maximum FM. He goes by the name of Elsie the Artist. He just released a new album entitled Mainstream 2, the follow-up to his Mainstream Part 1 album. He will be promoting that, and we'll be discussing a whole bunch of things under the sun as well. And that will be next week, so make sure you tune in for that. As always, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Hit up the show on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio. Also hit up the show on YouTube at cool radio CC. And also hit up the Facebook page at Cool Radio CC to get all the latest info, to get the podcast, the video clips, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Once again, I am your man, DM Cool. And Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.